Welcome to the Awakened Man Podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man, the most reviewed and episoded MGTOW Red Pill channel out in the potosphere. I've been cranking episodes out since 2017. Today, we're going to do a part two of what I dropped on Friday. I don't know if I'm going to drop this on the customary Monday, or maybe I'll do a little weekend exclusive. But I recommend you watch part one, which is on the bait and switch. And so I'm not going to really talk about what we talked about in that episode because you can just go back and, and listen to it. I'm not doing this as some sort of YouTube clickbait. Wait till the end of the episode so you can learn more secrets. You know, YouTubers say that because, of course, they get paid by ad revenue. And the longer you watch it, the more they get paid. So I'm not paid for this. I don't have to tell you that. But in short, some of you want to get married you meet the unicorn or what you perceive to be the unicorn. You're dumping a lot of excessive expectations on her. If she's having sex with you, then, of course, the sex is blind to you. So you really want to believe she's the one. And we talked about in the first episode how she can promise you the world. And look, honestly, let's be real. You can promise her the world, but you don't have to back it by anything until you sign the marriage contract. So she could tell you, I'm going to do this and this. And my family's got all this money. And I got a big dowry like in the old days. I got a lot of money. And I'll never get fat, and I'll always be kind, and I'll always give you BJ's, and I'll, you know, uh, every once a month I turn into rainbows and unicorns, and you know, you know, you know, whatever. But ultimately, she can tell you whatever to entice you to go down the aisle, back onto the plantation or on the plantation for the first time, and then once that happens, and you've signed the Faustian Pact, what guarantees that you have that she's going to adhere to those promises? Now, this goes to you now. Because at the beginning, you know, when people get married, they typically do love each other. So let's say your woman does have earnest expectations and does really believe that she wants to sleep with you. Now, remember, a woman's sexual desire is largely based on her respect of you. And if she views you as a man that's worth respecting. So like a, a man will marry a woman that that he likes to like look at, right? And, 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 to, and to possess. And a woman is attracted to a man that will maintain masculine features. So what typically happens is instead of having your, your woman, and even in marriage to a certain extent, be, uh, and definitely, you know, if you're sacramentally married, should be the, a very important person in your life. But it, you never make your woman the number one focus of your life. She is part of it, an ancillary piece. You know, we used to talk about when you're dating a woman, especially if you're just plate spinning, you tell her, yeah, you're the eighth most important thing in my life behind my kids, God, work, puppies, wind, grass, and then you. Because you're passing shit tests by saying that. With, with the, the typical son of a single mom or an incel, would do, what they do is they meet the, the beautiful woman, a woman they perceive to be out of their league. And believe me, you age like fine wine, she ages like spoiled milk. No woman is out of your league. You are always the catch. But they meet this woman 
And then they just start, oh, you're beautiful, you're amazing. Always complimenting her, like being the lap dog. I'll do whatever, I'll drive two hours for Thai food for you. No. You are the man. Go watch 1950s sitcoms if you can find them somewhere on YouTube. You are the man. So let's say at the beginning of the marriage, she is earnest in all these things. And many times, and I'm not going to say this, but lots of times women go all psycho crazy whack job because you've let them down. Women are craving masculine men. Women, even though most women will not say, or certainly the feminists won't tell you this, they want a man who's going to put them in their place, keep them in line, and so forth. So now that you've lost a lot of leverage by getting married, and now you're exposed, like you're in a prison with your, your rear up in the air, in the, in, the, in the prison shower, so to speak, now you're kind of, you're screwed! But there are things that you can do in marriage that increase your chances of your marriage working out well. So 15 years from now, she still obeys you and is kind and is sexually valuable in age as well. You know, you don't expect a 50-year-old to look like when she was 20, but you know what I mean. The number one thing is, of course, maintaining your masculinity. That's number one. You got to be the same guy that when she met that she was attracted to. That masculine man who doesn't tolerate stuff and you're passing all the shit tests. And again, for those of you who want to go MGTOW Monk because you're like, I don't want to deal with this every day of my life. I hear you, brother. That's your life. It's your choice. And I'm not necessarily that this episode is endorsing marriage, but I also am knowledgeable and cognizant to the fact that there are men who do want to marry. So now you're married. Where's your leverage now? Now, the super high alpha men could say, woman, I know, you know, he's, he's not going to say this, but you're my sole source of sex. We talked about this in episode one, how the competition anxiety is gone because essentially now you're married. But the super high alpha man would be like, look, if you aren't effing me the way I want, I'm going to go get it somewhere else. She'd be like, oh, well, but you're cheating. Well, then do your job. And I won't have to look. Some men could pull that off. I'm not saying you can. I'm not saying I could if I was married. But some men could pull that off. The highest of you men would be like, look, this was the expectation. Or if she starts getting fat, you get fat, I'm going to cheat on you. And again, I am not saying that you should do this or pull this. But there are certain men who will be like, look, and you can write this out like I said you had a contract. This was the understanding. You're going to do this, 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 this. And look, in the contract, this is the understanding that I would do these things. This, 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 this. Typically, traditional gender norms work the best. So you, you tell her, it's like, if you're getting fat, I'm not going to tolerate that. So I'm, I'm going to start looking. Okay. Or if you start getting fat, I'm taking the credit cards away. Now, a lot of this, we've grown up in this world the last six years where this sounds like, like Serena Williams had that episode on what financial abuse, that commercial. It's not financial abuse. This is how men used to handle their women for hundreds of years. There were inducements when you did well and punishments when you did not do well. What were the inducements? Jewelry, trips, if you go back 200 years, a new dress, you know, whatever it is. But hey, you, you are kind and obedient and you're doing what you're supposed to do, you know, every six months or whatever miles and I'll get you something great. And conversely, if you stop getting these things, it's because you're not doing these things. It's positive reinforcement. So, but where's the negative reinforcement in marriage? Here, here is the problem. Because for hundreds of years, men had the ability to put their woman in line. 
And I'm not endorsing some of the things that men used to do to put their women in line. Let's be real. But there were things that men could do to put their women in line. I mean, you could go back 500,000 years. Woman, after he's had the kids, the legitimate kids, he could put the, he like he could do what, what Hamlet tells Ophelia, get thee to a nunnery. Which had double entendre because nunnery didn't mean a convent, but also meant a whorehouse. But back in the old days, the man be like, look, you ain't, I'm not dealing with your nonsense and your raging and your hysterics. You're going to the convent. I already have my kids. You're going to the convent. You know, women didn't have a lot of rights there. She didn't have a lot of recourse. <laughs> so I was like, you're going to the convent. I'm not going to deal with your hysterics. Option now. Can't send somebody to the convent. Also, you could always threaten back there 500 years ago. Hey, if you don't, if you don't get back in line, you're just going to get kicked out on the streets. And I'll keep the kids. Because back then the men kept the kids because the men made all the money and the woman could be kicked out. Now, back again, 500 years, 400, 300 years, woman cheated on you. You could kick her out of the house. Society, the village, everybody would agree with that. Because she brought tarnish to your house. You see this with honor killings in the Muslim world. I'm not endorsing honor killings. Okay, let's be clear. But you see that in the Muslim world. A daughter loses her virginity before marriage. You see that in some cultures. Well, they'll hurt her, throw acid on her, or kill her because she brought dishonor to the family. So, I mean, albeit that is an extreme drastic, and I would not condone that behavior, but that, that is a hyperbolic example of how back in the day, any time a woman stepped out of line and made the man look bad. You could even go recently to Godfather 2, one of the classics, where Fredo marries, you see this in the first scene, Godfather too, when they're in Reno and he marries a, a you know a trashy girl doesn't care about him because she just wants the money and be part of the Coleone family and he she's just flirting with other dudes and publicly drunk and this makes him look bad. But either way, so what are you have to maintain some sort of leverage in marriage. So there has to be some sort of punishment. Now, how do you make that work? It's hard, and this is why it, it, it's hard to maintain a marriage. If the woman respects you, you have a better chance of this working this out. So how is she going to respect you? Well, if you maintain traditional gender norms, you maintain your masculinity, you're providing for the family, but you're also being masculine and you're putting her in her place and you're, uphold, you're, you're also upholding yourself to a high moral value and you have high, high integrity and high, high charisma and all these things. But when she does act up, when she does speak out, when she does disrespect you the first time, and again, this should all be uh, enumerated or explicitly talked about before you get married. Like, look, if you ever talk bad about me to your family or disrespect me in public around your friends, X will happen. Like, it's like teachers have these this step, the step system. Step one is you'll be verbally told to stop. Step two is you'll be put in the hallway. Step three, we call your, your parents. Step four... You go to the principal. It's the same thing. Step one, this will happen. Step two, wife, this will happen. Step three, this will happen. So she understands the consequences of her actions. But there needs to be consequences to the actions. If not, you're going to have a problematic marriage. Because the woman will realize, well, you know, he doesn't have leverage. You, you end up being the plow horse. You end up essentially being the human ATM machine. So she realizes if she can walk all over you, emotionally, psychologically, and made all these promises. Now, maybe, again, earnestly, maybe she meant them. But as the years go on in the marriage and you're not showing masculinity, she's going to start losing respect for you. So excessive expectations are the biggest destroyer of marriage. And why well-intentioned women fall out of love with their husbands is because they end up losing respect for the husband. And that's partly her projecting excessive expectations on you, which all women do. Men do it too, let's be real. But a lot of it is you're not stepping up and being masculine. So 
if you are an effeminate mangina and you kind of know if you are or you're not, marriage is probably not going to work well for you. If you are a, a guy who's worked on his six sixes and is very masculine and has no problems being an asshole, we talked about this in the shit test episodes. When you have the choice of any choice, the smallest of the shit tests are the biggest. If the choice is what's the nice guy going to do and what the asshole is going to do, always choose the asshole. Because again, shit test, a test to demonstrate whether or not your mask is enough to protect her if, if real bad things happen. So if you feel like you can't pass shit tests and you just have too much of the good guy, nice guy syndrome and all these problems, you're probably going to have problems in marriage. If you're the opposite, where you, again, don't put the woman number one in your life. And when she does things that you don't like, there's repercussions and you tell her. Now, what the repercussions are really up to you. If you're adhering to traditional gender norms and you are the sole breadwinner of the family and she's working or she's not working, I should say, and she stays home or she's homeschooling, taking care of the kids, then you have more leverage because all of her money is coming from what you're providing. So one of the consequences you can have is Look, I told you step three is I take all the credit cards. And of course, you have access to all the money. So you take the credit cards. She has to rely on you for money. And this is what we used to do. I mean, I, I'm not going to name names, but I even know parents that used to do this one generation back where the man gave the woman an allowance every week. Nowadays, the feminists would go crazy, right? Serena Williams, financial abuse. That's how we used to do it. If you can't demonstrate to me that you're good with money, why would I give you unfettered access to our accounts? Once you can demonstrate that you spend money okay, and you're not spending $150 on a dress, then all right. But until then, I control the money because I'm working and providing for all of us, and I don't want the paradigm of you work she spends. How many men do you know are cucked that way? Yeah, you know, I work and then I look at the accounts and she spent $3,000 on Amazon on crap. And I tell her, honey, stop doing it. And she's like, whatever, sweetheart. Of course I will. And of course she, he does. She doesn't because she doesn't respect him. And there's no consequence. So if the woman's not working, then you do have that leverage on her to be like, look, this was the expectation. You didn't do it. You take the credit cards. Now, will she get mad at that? Probably. Could she... Call the cops on you or divorce you over these things? Of course you can. Because at any time, and I've talked about this before, getting married is like giving a woman a loaded gun that she can use on you, if not the first year, the fifth year, the 10th year, but on the 20th year. That is the inherent problem with marriage. Is that women will always be disappointed because they're the more romantic. And then you got to throw in Brafo's law as well. Men love romantically, women love opportunistically. But either way, you got to have some leverage, some risk. I think on one level, women must fear their husbands. Not like the man's going to throw you through a window kind of fear. But there's there's a, like a healthy respect kind of fear. Like, 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 this is why women have always been attracted to bad guys, right? The brooding bad guy on the motorcycle, right? They're not attracted to the, I'll do whatever you want. No. So there has to be a certain like, oh, I better not piss off my husband because he'll, you know, do this, 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 this. And, and so you have to have it. So every every person is different, like what you would use as consequence or punishment for whatever action she does. But there needs to be something there. And this only works just like at school if the students respect you. So 
you can be like, okay, Zihar, you know, the end. So we're going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, like, uh, take away your credit card or uh, I'm going to, like, uh, make you do some stuff you don't want to do. I thought, uh, you, you, you spent too much money. Come on, she's just going to walk all over you. Like, like they tell teachers, do not smile the first six months of the school year. If you come in the first day, hey, guys, I'm your new teacher, and you're all nice, they're going to walk all over you. It's got to be the other way around. Got to be icy hard at the beginning, and then you slowly show yourself. Your nicer self. It's the same thing here. If you want your marriage to succeed, number one is you have to vet and pick the right woman. That's just classic. If if the woman's had fifty sexual partners, good luck because we know the stats on that. Number two is going to be really you. <laughs> I mean, it's you. It falls on you. How are you going to keep her in line? How are you going to keep her respecting you? Part of traditional gender norms is you are the head of the family. So part of the man is that he has to have wisdom. He has to have discerning ability. He has to, to make the decisions. And the woman will abide by those decisions if she's a trad con, if your decisions are good. If you're like, you know what, honey, we're going to sell everything and go live in a shack. Yeah, she's not going to respect that decision. So A is you got to pick well. B, I should say, number two, I should say, is you have to maintain your masculinity and connected to that is going to be having high sexual market value. And then three is how you treat her in the marriage. I'm not saying you need to shackle her to the stove in the bed because like, there's going to be some hyperbolic exaggerations. What I'm, saying. I'm not saying that. You should always treat your wife with a certain modicum of respect. This is scripture. If you look at Ephesians and 1 Corinthians 7 and 1 Peter and all these places. But there also needs to be uh, some sort of leverage that you must always have. And there must be consequences to her actions. If a woman is with a man who she knows she can walk all over, she's going to learn to disrespect him. And then she deep down hates herself because she chose poorly. But she, she has so much cognitive dissonance, she really can't take it out on herself. So she'll take it out on you. So when a woman's disrespecting you in marriage, it's because... You are the one ultimately who who's failed. And a lot of you incel guys, eh, but that's not fair. But that's the, the essence of post-Adam and Eve fallen marriage. So many of you men are married already. And you're, you're trying to, you know, go to all these return to masculinity YouTube or podcasts. And like, you know, uh, I, you know, some of those will work. But it's like the chubby Indian IT guy who makes 200000 a year, lives in Silicon Valley, who's like, I want to be more masculine, you know, he's like the dudes from the HBO show, Silicon Valley. Good luck, because those guys are just wired to not be masculine. So to a certain extent, you you can only do so much with the painting, the canvas that you have. But for you guys who are not married, what I would tell you is, again, you know, marriage is exceedingly hazardous. But if you are going to get married, Work on yourself, work on your masculinity, read, you know, Mr. Nice Guy and all these books that are out there about people pleasers and get rid of and purge that. And it's okay. And I, you know, it's okay to be an asshole. And I would tell the woman you're dating, it's like, I am not a nice guy. As soon as she says, you're such a nice guy, say, woman, I am not a nice guy. Don't ever call me that. You do not want to be called a nice guy. Okay. And there's got to be a certain amount of edge to you. You have to be an asshole to him because again, Shit test. If if you have to be the person who needs the other person the least in a relationship, you have to have the sang and the self-composure to be like, yeah, I don't need you. You have to be the one who's not going to worship you. What, what is the more feminine trait for a, a woman to worship her man? 
and look up to him and put the, the slippers on when he comes home and gives him the cigar, or a man to worship his woman. For hundreds of years, it was the former. The, the value and virtue of one spouse idolizing and looking up to the other has always been woman to man, not man to woman. When a man does it to a woman, it's hyper-feminine. And you remember, we have to stay and adhere to these traditional gender norms. So anytime a man is acting effeminate, it's exceedingly unattractive to a woman. Just like anytime a woman is acting masculine, it's exceedingly unattractive to the man. So for those of you who want to marry, every day just have post-its everywhere in your mind. Be manly. Be an asshole. Be masculine. Pass shit tests. I mean, you're going to have to have like 30 post-its on the wall. Vavaya con Dios, my friends, if that's what you want to do. Guys, if you appreciate my content, please post an honest review. It'll only take you five seconds if you have an Apple product. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal and one's for Naturopathic Earth, the website. If you want to watch or listen, I should say, to all the episodes and all the articles that I have there, go click on that link. PayPal's that donate some money up to defray the cost of hosting this on the server. And lastly, please subscribe and follow to all three feeds. Helps the algorithm. The Awakened Man, Female Holistic Health Apothecary, and Confessions of an Obese Child. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time. Music, courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.